0: Chapter 19, and uh, we're going to go through verse 18. And I guess look at that. Okay. And uh, I think they have, hey, that's really cool. Okay. All right. Well, y'all read along with me then. Um, Starting in verse 1. When Ahab, that's King Ahab, got home, he told his wife, Queen Jezebel, everything Elijah had done, including. the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have been zealous, I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, and the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altar, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. But the Lord said to him, Go back the same way you came, and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Mecholah, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazael will be killed by Jehu. And those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your word. Lord, it is alive and it it jumps off the page and jumps off the screen at us. Lord, every time we open it, it, it seems to speak something new and fresh to us. So Lord, while we may know this story, we may have heard it, we may have have read it, we may have uh, been taught it or or been uh, part of a sermon, Lord, we know that you have something new to say to us this morning. So we pray that you would open our eyes and open our ears, that you would open our hearts, Lord, that we would be transformed by the power of your living word. God, don't let us leave this place the same way we came in. Lord, we may use the same door, but But allow us to leave this place having been transformed by your holy word. God, we give you this time and we pray that you would speak to us as only you can. And lastly, Father, we pray that you would speak through me and that you would speak in spite of me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm sure many of you have been a a part of maybe a hiring process or, or at some point where you had to look at somebody's resume. And, and, and you had to put somebody's resume out, and, and the resume is kind of like the highlights of, of somebody's work career, right? Or, or maybe you're on social media, maybe you're on Facebook or something like that, and, and you realize, you know, people only put the good stuff up, right? They only, they only put the goods, I mean, they, they, you know, the kids right, today, they take picture, and they don't realize that, you know, we used to have to take picture to, you know, the the little photo hut in the in the drug fair shopping center, right? And you had to drop it off and you had to wait for a week and come back and you think, oh, I wonder what, what, what pictures did I take, right? But now you take it instantly on your phone and, and you, oh, that doesn't look right, let's take it again. And, and they, they have no clue about that. But we always kind of put our best foot forward, right? We put the good stuff out. So if we were going to look at Elijah's resume, if we're going to look at things that he had done as a prophet. I mean, this guy has got a huge Top 10 hit list. I mean, he's done some really amazing stuff. He's one of the greatest prophets of, that God has ever had. And, and and when we look at his resume, we say, wow, Elijah, you you are you are really God's man. I mean, you have done some amazing things. I mean, I mean, look at look at the scripture, and we find out that, that Elijah was the, the one who, who, who prayed, and now there's a drought in all of the land. And why is there a drought? Because King Ahab led the people of God away from God. It, it seems that, that the leader of the country, the, the king that God had put in place, had disobeyed God and led the people of God away from God. And in order to punish him, there was a drought. And, and a drought takes away all of the, all of the rain, right, all the water. So that, that means the crops dry up and, 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 and now the people do not have food. And God's somehow punishing them because, because they've fallen away from God. But that came as a result of Elijah's prayer. And in the middle of that time, as Elijah is traveling around the, the, the country, if you will, he, he, he is taken care of by God. And it, it says that there's this one time when, when Elijah was fed, fed by uh, birds, these specific birds, ravens to be exact, ravens. Anybody here a Ravens fan? One person? Okay, praise God. You notice that, that, that it's biblical to be a Ravens fan, right? I mean, it's right there in Scripture. Elijah is not fed by eagles. <laughs> you're, you're an Eagles fan? I'm sorry. Um, not, not fed by Falcons not fed by seahawks. No, he's fed by ravens. It's right there in the word of God. So y'all need to be Ravens fans. Okay. I'm just saying it's there, but this was a miracle, right? And, and, and you think of, of, of Elijah's resume. he could say, man, one time God took care of me so much. He fed me by ravens. Right. And then there was, then when he met the, the widow with, uh, she, remember, she only had enough to make the, during the famine, she only had enough to, enough flour and enough oil to make uh, a little bitty cake and she was going to make that and she said I'm going to give it to my my son and we're going to eat it and then afterwards we're going to die because we don't have anything left and and he sent him back in there he said well, why won't you make me cake first right you remember the story and and then uh the flour and the oil in this woman's pantry never emptied out it was a miracle The ingredients kept coming and kept coming, and every time she went back to her pots to to look for the ingredients, they were all there and they were filled up again, and there was another miracle. And that same widow, as she had trouble with her, her son had trouble, had a a physical ailment, and he wound up dying, and Elijah brought him back to life through the power of God. These are are parts of Elijah's greatest hits, and then probably the, the greatest hit the greatest hit happens in the chapter right before we read this morning. If you're, you're studying in your word, it's, it's chapter 18. And, and this great thing happens where, where we know that King Ahab and Queen Jezebel, they're not worshiping God, they're worshiping Baal, and they're worshiping Asherah. And, and there are 450 prophets of one God and, and 400 prophets of another and, and they're all gathered around, and, and Elijah challenges these 950 prophets of false gods. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll show you which God is real. I'll show you which God is really the living God. How about we set up two altars? We set up two altars, and remember, there's a drought going on. There's no rain. There's nothing. And he says, uh, you can offer a sacrifice to your God, and when fire comes down from heaven, and your God accepts this offering then we'll know that your God is real but if that doesn't happen and it happens on my altar and my God comes fire down from heaven and takes care of this offering then we'll know that my God is real so he said why don't you go first nine hundred and fifty prophets they build a stone altar they put a sacrifice on the altar they're dancing around they're cutting themselves they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff and hours go on nothing happens and Elijah makes fun of him. He says, where's your God? Maybe he's out to the bathroom. Maybe he's taking a potty break and, and can't come. Where is your God? And after hours go by and nothing happens, he says, OK, my turn. So he takes and, and digs a trench around his altar and fills it with, with water that's left over in the stone jars. There's not much water. It's a, it's a rare thing during the, in the midst of a drought. He fills it with water and he prays to God and fire comes down from heaven and not only consumes the, the, um, the offering that's on the altar, but it laps up all the water in the, in the uh, ditch around the, the offering spot, the altar. And that way they know that our God is the real God. Our God is the living God. And Queen Jezebel, she gets so upset you've heard people be called Jezebel before there's a real Jezebel in the Bible this is real she gets so upset she says I tell you what I swear that this time tomorrow you're gonna be dead just like you killed all the prophets of Baal so after this greatest hits after this amazing victory over 950 prophets of false gods Elijah the great prophet does he celebrate does he kick back? Does he put his feet up? Does he say, wow, what, a, what an awesome God we have? No. You know what he does? Because the words of Queen Jezebel, who's worshiping a false god, what he does is he internalizes that word and he runs away. It says he leaves his servant and he runs out into the desert and he's depressed. You see, I think Elijah gives us the example of we really want to get depressed, this is what we need to do. You Look at our lives and look at the things that happen in our lives and the things that we should be celebrating and praising God for and thanking God for. But instead we focus on the negative and we focus on the little bitty tiny words of the enemy instead of the great promises of our God who is truly the living God in our lives. But look at, look at what Elijah does. He, he, he first shows us that, that the road to depression includes physical exhaustion. He's exhausted. He's tired. He 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 falls asleep in, in the desert. Do you find yourself that way? Do you find yourself too busy? Do you find yourself doing everything that everybody wants and not taking care of yourself? Do, do you find yourself taking care of everyone else's needs? Taking care of all the to-do, everything on the to-do list, but not taking a break, not taking Sabbath, not taking rest for yourself and taking care of your own body. When you're exhausted, you're susceptible to, to depression. And then we, 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 we see Elijah, and he, he, he shuts people out of his life. It says in the word that he left his servant, which would have been his best friend, left him and said, you stay here, I'm going on to the wilderness by myself. One of the keys to depression is that we find ourselves by ourselves. We find ourselves alone. We think that no one else is around to help us. Are you trying to do everything yourself? Are you not asking for help? Are you you not sharing with someone in your life? I, I told you that Pastor Jake is one of my accountability partners. So every Wednesday morning, every Wednesday morning, there's a phone call. There's a couple other pastors on that call, and we meet with one another, and I have to admit to him my sins through the week. I have to to share with him the good things of the week. I have to share with him the negative things of the week, and he will text me throughout the week and and periodically encourage me and and, and say to me, I I hope this is going well, or I prayed for you. He he texted me this morning, said, I'm praying for you this morning. That's accountability. That's vulnerability. When we enter into deep relationships with one another, and we hold one another accountable, and we're vulnerable to one another, and we say, this is where I'm struggling. This is where I'm hurting. This is, this is where I need help. That's true Christian relationship with one another. But you have to be real, and you can't put on a mask. Because the problem with church is we come in and we put on this mask, right? People meet you at the door, how are you? And you say, I'm fine. But inside you're breaking you're breaking because your marriage is falling apart. You're, you're breaking because you haven't talked to your adult kids and, and they don't have a relationship with you anymore. You're breaking because your finances are falling apart. Am I hitting anybody at this point? Because I'm preaching way better than you're, you're saying anything. A little amen will, will go a long way. Thank you. Okay. Because the, so, the more you talk to me, the sooner you're getting out for brunch. Is that a fair deal? But that's what happens on our road to depression, right? We, we isolate ourselves and we push people away. And when they ask how we are, we don't tell them the truth. And that's what Elijah does when he, when he sends his servant away. And the other thing is that we can focus on the negative. We start focusing on the negative and, and all we can think about are the negative things. For all of the wonderful things that Elijah accomplished in his ministry, his amazing Top ten hits on his resume. All he focuses on is that this one person, Queen Jezebel, says that she's gonna kill him. Okay. We focus on the negative. We we hear the words of the enemy. We we wind up being like, like Eeyore. You remember Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, right? Oh, woe is me. I don't have any friends. I'm not gonna get anything done, right? That's what we sound like. But, but, but the reality is, there's people around us, there's people that love us, there, there, there are things that we can do and, and, and that we can accomplish. But when we're physically exhausted and we shut people out of our lives, we start to focus on the negative. Are you letting self pity take over in your life? Has that become your badge? what you wear, what you show people, and who you think you are. And the last thing that happens when we went on a road to depression, according to this and Elijah, is we start believing the lies. We start believing the lies and not the truth of God. Elijah started believing the lies, that he was the only one, the only one left. But he wasn't the only one left. The Lord says there's 7,000 that haven't bowed to Baal the truth of the matter is you had a great victory. You, you, you beat out 950 other prophets prophets that were worshiping a false god. But you won, Elijah. And look at, look at how God has worked through you all these years, Elijah. But we start believing the lie. We, 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 we start believing the enemy that, that, that gets in our mind and gets in our head. And I don't, I don't care what you want to call him, the devil, Satan, Uh, The deceiver, he's real. And he gets in in our minds and, and starts talking to us and telling us lies. We can't do this. We're not good enough. Do you believe the lies or do you believe the word of God that is truth that says that you can do all things in Christ who strengthens you, right? The word of God is alive and it's truth. But we start believing the lies and we head down this road to depression, and we struggle, but yet there's protection in God. Look what God does to Elijah. Look how he protects him. He lays him down and says, you're gonna rest. And he, and he sits under this broom tree and he sleeps. It doesn't tell us how long he sleeps, right? There's something about our bodies that God created us where we need to rest. We can't go on and on and on like the Energizer Bunny. We have to take a Sabbath. That's what God taught us when he when, when, when talks about taking a Sabbath rest. And this might be your Sabbath today and you've come to worship and sure there's things on your list that you've got to do. I understand that. But are you taking time to rest? Are you taking time for your physical body to be recharged? And, and then the other thing that God says, and I love this, eat, eat, sleep and eat, Right? Did, amen. Yes. Did, did you see Did you see what happened when 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 Elijah woke up Woke up. It says there was an angel there, tapping him on the shoulder, saying, "Elijah, get up and eat." And there, the angel had provided food there, right? Uh, a, a cake and 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 some and some water. I think this is the first instance in history of angel food cake. <laughs> it's right there. It's right there, right? There was a cake of bread. I'm just I'm just reading scripture. I'm just I'm just there, right? The first uh, first instance of angel food cake. He says, "Get up and eat." And he protects him. He protects him in the midst of the storms, right? It says there was an earthquake on the mountain when he finally got to Mount Sinai. It said the, the wind was so violent that, that rocks broke apart and, and that there was fire on the mountain and all of this was protected. That, that even in the midst of the wilderness, even in the midst of that desert time, God protected Elijah and God protects us when we're going through difficult season, including a depression time. God protects us and cares for us while we're getting rest while we're eating, while we're nourishing our bodies, and we're healing. And God takes care of us in that way. But it's interesting that when he gets to Mount Sinai, the holy mountain of God, the the place where Moses received the the Ten Commandments, the the place where the, the people, and they came out of bondage of slavery, where they met God and worshiped God on that mountain, God says to Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And Elijah says, yeah, but Lord, I'm the only one. I've, I've served you. I've done all this. Here's my resume. Here's all the work. But, but, but God, I, I'm, I'm the only one, and I'm exhausted. I'd rather be dead. Just kill me, Lord. Have you ever felt like that? I don't want to go on anymore. And, and God says to Elijah, don't believe the lie. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. There's, there's 7,000 left. Because in that moment, on that mountain, Elijah realized that, that God was not in, in that 70s uh, disco group. You all remember, right? Earth, wind, and fire. You all remember that? He wasn't, he wasn't in the earthquake, right? He wasn't in the wind, and he wasn't in the fire. Some of, y'all, some of you all will get that on the way home. <laughs> Uh, Jake, I don't know that guy you brought in here, but uh. he wasn't in that. What was he in? He was in that still, small voice, right? Because it's important to begin to hear God and hear God intimately. And you can't, you can't hear God's quiet voice in our minds and in our conscience. You can't hear God unless you're quiet, unless you're settled The storms around you have to calm down. You have to get in a quiet place and you have to say, Lord, speak. And that's that's when God spoke to Elijah and said, Elijah, you're not the only one. You believe in the lie that that you're the only one, but you're not. you, You are my child. You are the prophet that I've chosen. I have a task for you and I want you to get up and do the things that I've called you to do because you are not alone, I am always with you. And that is the devil's greatest lie to us, for us to believe that we are alone. We are not alone, God is always with us. Consistently throughout scripture, we read that God will never leave us nor forsake us. God is always with us. And while it may not look like it's a perfect scenario, Because things are falling apart in our lives. God still remains faithful. God is still there in our hearts and in our minds. And we still have things to do. But I believe that that what Elijah's journey teaches us is that faithfulness in God is not the work we do for God. But faithfulness in God is being in God. It's not about all the stuff that we do. It's about who we're with in the Lord. So I want to ask you this morning, why are you here? Why are you here? Because some of you showed up this morning, and, and, and when I use the word depression, you say, man, if you only knew. If you only knew what we've been going through. Some of you this morning came this morning, and you, you, you argued on the way to church with your spouse, but you put the mask on as soon as you came to the door, you're wondering, you've been thinking, are you going to pick up the argument when you get back in the vehicle? Or maybe you, maybe you left someone at home and, and you wanted to come and find some solace and some quiet time in this place. Maybe you're worried about your children. Maybe, maybe you're worried about an uh, impending a doctor's visit and, you're, and you're, you're worried about the medical prognosis that you're, you're having to deal with. Maybe you're dealing about with your finances. I don't know, but I know that God knows And I know that that you've come into this place this morning to hear the Word of God. And you need to hear it through my voice this morning, that you are not alone. You are not alone and that God loves you and that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. For some of you this morning, you, you have this great big list and you say, well, I know that God loves me because look at all that I do for God. And I'm here every time the doors are open to the church and I serve on this committee and that committee. But you need to hear this morning that faithfulness is not in all the things that you do for God, but faithfulness is being in God. This morning I'm asking you, what are you doing here? Because you came on a Sunday where you knew your preacher was not going to be here. You knew that attendance was not required. What are you doing here in this place this morning? I pray that in this place that you meet the Most High God who loves you for being you and not for what you do. Let's pray. Gracious God,